You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw. Blitz coming. They get to him. Oh, he takes off running. And he's in. Touchdown Miami. With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. What is good, Finn Nation? What's good? It's your boy Reason. We are back here for another one as we dive Finn too deep. I'm joined by my ho- my co-host, Neil Driscoll. Guys, there's over 110 of you in the room. Smash that like button. Subscribe if you are new. Um, Neil, the Dolphins are 8-3. and I have on the verge of going 9-3 and for the first time since hell I can remember. I can't remember since when. And, you know, they have the commanders standing in front of them. And some interesting things have transpired this week that we'll get into. But your thoughts on this team being eight and three, potential of going nine and three, and where you see what you saw from the defense last week, and another week of a up and down peak and valley offensive performance from the coaching to the execution by the players. Yeah, man, I, I think we're happy with where we are, right? Um, you know, and, and for me, it's where are we going from here? Like, you know, if you would have told me we're eight and three, right, with a favorable schedule for the next few weeks up, you know, I, I, I would be ecstatic. Um, I think this is the opportunity where the Dolphins have a real opportunity to go all in. The AFC and the NFL in general, there's just a lot of parity. There's not a super team out there that's unbeatable. I think the Dolphins, you know, they play their A game. They're as good as any team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I, when I look at their roster, when you look at the free agents we have pending, I, I think this could be the Dolphins' best shot right now this year to go and make that deep run. Um, so there's a lot of names out there. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul's now a Dolphin. You know, I, I'm sure we're going to talk about Zach Ertz here tonight. To me, where what you kind of nailed it in the intro here is the defense is ascended. And for months I've been saying the Dolphins have been playing closer to their floor than their ceiling. What I didn't envision, I don't think, was the offense kind of taking a step back. And I don't think we're in a panic mode stage with the offense. But there's a big enough drop in all, big enough drop off to, you know, to be a little bit concerned, right? Like, um, you know, I think Tua Tungaloa is playing very good football. He was playing great football earlier. Um, you know, I think the musical chairs on the offensive line because of injuries, it's hard to get continuity. And I think they've done as best as possible with that. Um, it just seems like every single time this team's about to get healthy, an injury pops up and none bigger than Jalen Phillips. Uh, you can't replace Jalen Phillips, right? Like he's a top five, six player on this team. The Andrew Van Ginkle, Jason Pierre-Paul and um, Emmanuel Agla combination will probably do an adequate job. But I would say that, you know, it's going to be really interesting because I, I do think, you know, there's a opportunity for the Dolphins to be at 11-3 with the last three games on their schedule, stare them in the eyes. But for me, if they, you know, say they, you know, fold at the end of the season, then, you know, for whatever reason, they're 11 and 6, 12 and 5, and they don't win a playoff game, you know, it'd be hard for me to be excited about the results of the season, given where we are right now. So a long-winded way of saying, you know, hey, I'm happy where we are. Uh, I'm still excited about the season. I don't want to come off doom and gloom, but I think there's legitimate concerns about this offense finding its rhythm down the home stretch, it's December. Now now football means a lot more, you know, and they do have winnable winnable games on the schedule. So I don't know how you feel, but yeah, I, I think, you know, they're they're 
they're on pace with kind of what a lot of us thought they would be. Um, where do they go from here? Yeah, um, like in terms of the offense, I mean, you know, early on when you're that explosive, defenses are going to work extra hard to try and figure you out. And it's always been about the counterpunch, and that's been one thing that I've kind of been watching is what's the counterpunch is going to be from McDaniel, and we haven't seen anything too earth-shattering. Um, <clears throat> now, offensively, I mean, they showed their potential. They showed their ceiling. They showed where they, where they can be at. I think they can get back to that because a lot of it has come down to execution from the players on the field and from a play-calling standpoint on McDaniel's part. So if these guys execute better – you know, we've left a lot of points on the board the last couple of weeks due to execution, going back to before the bye with the Chiefs game. Execution, execution, hell, go to the Philly game with the drop touchdown pass by Tyreek Hill. Execution, like, you know, go back to the Bills game last year, you know, when we lost in December in the cold. I keep trying to tell people, Tua was lights out that game. We were seeing Tua back to MVP Tua. But the execution around him from Boyer in the defense to Sherfield and Tyreek Hill dropping touchdown pass in the end zone, the execution was poor at times. And that's just what this comes down to. And it talks about the defense struggling early on this year. What was a lot of the issue? You know, people were coming in my chat, fire Fanjo, this defense sucks, Fanjo this, Fanjo that. When I kept telling these people, it's execution. You can see it on the field. If you know ball, you can watch these games, you can see the execution's poor by the players themselves and what's happened since week five, the executions become phenomenal. And from weeks five to 12, they're a, they're a top defense in the NFL right now. Right. Someone just donated and they said to me, where do you see this defense ranking by the end of the year? Could this be a top five defense? Listen, I'm going to tell you what I told my Patreons at the beginning of September, even after the chargers game, because I had already written this out. I do a weekly show for my Patreons only and if I have inside info, I then make a written form of that show and post it to the community tab. But if it's just a show full of takes, I don't usually make a written part for YouTube people. But anyways, my three takes I wrote, I can even tell you the exact time, September 9th, 2023 at 10.34 p.m. My three takes, and I actually didn't end up putting these up until after the Chargers game. So they were written the night before the Chargers game. And they actually didn't go up on Patreon until after the Chargers game. And I stuck with them. My first take was McDaniel's going to be a coach of the year candidate. Okay. My third take, which is going to end up being wrong, was Burrow versus Tua in the AFC Championship. But my second take was this is, and this is after the Chargers game. I still went through with this. I didn't fold. I didn't, oh, get scared. At my second take on that video was this is going to be a, a team that boasts a top 10 scoring offense and a top 10 defense. And I said that after the Chargers game, when a lot of people would have tucked their tail, probably deleted that take and said, oh, I don't know about that. But I stuck to my guns and what I've been saying all offseason, and I still believe that. I think this is going to be a top 10 to top 5 defense when this is all said and done. We're already a top 3 run defense. We're a better run defense than we were. I'm going to Let me be the first one to say it. We're a better run defense than we were under Flores. And that was our one of our strengths. Well, reason aren't we already the number six overall ranked defense? Is is yeah. is that not? Yeah. So like I, the answer to that question is we're already there, right? We're on the cusp of already being there. I mean, I think this defense. I mean, I, like we said this a couple weeks ago, and I, you know, I had a lot of people privately message me like, "Man, that's a bold take." And and I, you know, I think we had said that that we thought the defense in the second half of the season would be better than the offense, and you know, we're seeing that. And that's I, I think you nailed something just there as well. 
some of the offensive struggles aren't on the players. It's more on, I think, the situational play call in short and sh- short situations because, you know, when it's third and one and you throw the ball twice in a row and you don't get it, like that, that, that's very de- demoralizing for your team. But if you run that ball and you get that first and you keep a play alive, that could be another seven points. So I just think there's more fine tuning than, than panic that needs to hit on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I, I, I love the aggressiveness by Mike McDaniels. Uh, you know, Mike McDaniel, I, I, I can't like say I don't love it, but sometimes I do wish there was a little bit more conventionalness to this offense, if that's a word. Uh, sometimes I wish they would just line up in a power eye and let Alec Ingold hit the first linebacker he sees in the hold and let uh, you know uh, Raheem Mostert fall forward. I also think the running, bank, uh, running game is going to get a lot better here coming up with Devon A-Chain coming back when he does. And it might not be this week because I, I don't think the Dolphins view the commanders as a scary component, uh, you know, competitor to them. Uh, you know, but uh, wrong, it, mindset. wrong mindset because you turn the ball over the way you've been turning the ball over right? the last couple of weeks where it's not even like you're turning the ball over at your own 10. You know, I'm sorry, at the opponent's 10. You're turning the ball over at your own 30, at your own yeah, 40. Right. And this offense isn't the Jets and the Raiders. They will make you – Sam Howell will make you pay if you give them opportunities like that. It's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be the blowout that, like, the spread no. – Yeah, I think I, – that the date. I'm not nervous about this game, but I – I'm weary. I, we I should respect win the it. commanders. I, I respect them. I, yeah. I, I do. I respect Sam Howell. I think they have good weapons in the passing game. Um, their offensive line is atrocious, and that's what makes me feel good about this yeah, game. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it's one of those things. Like, this is the 31st-ranked pass defense we're going against. I would love to see nothing more than Tua have one of those signature 300-plus three- to four-touchdown games. I, You know, I really would. I, I, I'm with you. I, if if these players are healthy, what are we holding them out for? Because we don't want to hit any hiccups on, on this way. Every win at this point counts. You know, we have, you know, like the division, we have it right where we want it. Two and a half game lead with Buffalo. We can move to three with a win against the commanders. But I'm with you. This is a game that I don't want to take lightly at all because I do think there's this element to Sam Howe, and I know you've been a fan of Sam Howe. He's got those intangibles that if you let him go wild, he can go wild. I I don't think this is a walk in the park type of win. And and I think that, you know, while, you know, you get these next three games is where you get some of these players that have been injured. You get them some of that runway to go play. You know, it doesn't have to be 25 snaps. Get them 10 carries. Get them back acclimated to contact. See how the knee is on A-chain, right? Yeah. Um, you know, on, on all the offensive linemen, let them get out there. You know, uh, you know, I'll eat crow right now. Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg have both played really good football in the in the recent weeks. And I said on this show before the, the season – and, you know, I, I think I said stuff like, you know, my dead dog could play better than Liam Eikenberg and shit like that. But, like, Eikenberg's played serviceable. I, you know, I'm not going to put a gold jacket on him. But Austin Jackson, if you ask me, has probably been the best offensive line from week one to right now on this team, right? So, like, there are some flowers to give out, but there's still a lot of work to do. And I think what happens, you know, reason is the margin for error gets smaller when the games get bigger, Right. And I think, you you know, a lot of us would agree that, we, of course, you know, I think we all see this team winning the division and making the playoffs now, right? But, man, is this the golden opportunity to make that run we've all wanted for decades, right? This is the opportunity for us to do it. I really think this defense can win a championship. I, I Like, that's how good it is. The Jalen Ramsey factor, Javon Holland playing back there, Xavier Howard. I mean, like, teams don't even really test our secondary. You know what I mean? Like, we don't even see that. And, and look, another guy who's playing – 
and backing up the contract demands he wants, even though I'm still not paying that tag is Christian Wilkins, man. He is, he is playing good football and I need to see that against the Cowboys, the bills and, and the Ravens, but man, there's a lot of guys playing really good football. <clears throat> yeah. The interesting thing about the commanders too, is he's thrown the ball 486 times already this season Two is thrown at 377. He's on pace to throw more than what he threw last year. And, it's crazy because he's thrown it 500 times and he's been sacked 55. What does that tell you that he's not afraid he'll take, he'll lay in that, in that pocket and he'll take the, take the licking at the throws. I keep telling people they've got Terry McLaurin. They've got Jahan Dotson. They've got Logan Thomas. They've got Brian Robinson jr. They've got Antonio Gibson. The line might be crap, but they've got, they've got weapons that can make you pay and it, this is going to be another chance for that front to be dominant. <clears throat> and they're going to have to be now on the flip side with Tua and, and this offense and putting up the point. See, cause you know, I keep going back to that Eagles game. Everyone kind of sleep on, you know, they were winning that game 17, 10 against the Eagles at home in Washington, heading into the, into halftime. Sam Howell threw for 397 yards, four touchdowns and one pick in that game on 52 pass attempts. Like, right. oh, he can show up against big time. You know, it, it's, it, I look at Sam Howell and I see a lot of what Tua had the crap around him. He got crap around him from the coaching staff down to players, you know, that offensive line. He's got stuff that needs to be fixed around him. And this is his first year as a full fledged starter. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's impressive what he's doing. I just, I just know that did, and, you know, Dallas will make us pay. Um, the bills would make us pay. We're get we're now facing a team that offensively can make us pay for those bad turnovers we've had lately against the Jets and the Raiders. This isn't Aiden O'Connell. This isn't Tim Boyle. We're getting into now, and I would say also if this was Dak, if this was Josh Allen, if this was Lamar, I would say the same thing. If it was one of those games in this position right now, because you know th that's just that's just where we're at right now, and. Listen, we, this team's got to start cleaning up. We have not had a clean sheet turnover-wise since the Denver game. Yeah. That, yeah and, and it shows. Turnover since then. And Tua, where he's a gunslinger, I get it. The interceptions are going to come. I get it. The fumbles are what need to be cleaned up. He's got 10 fumbles, and I know they're not all on him. You know, we've seen bad center exchanges, bad um, bad jaw by running backs in the quarterback running back exchange, <clears throat> Darrington Evans, Moster. We've seen it, but that needs, you know, this guy had five fumbles heading into this season. He had three, two last year, three, the year before zero as a rookie Tua has 10 this year. Right. Well, whether you love to hate them in the middle, you know, whatever it is, the one thing that everybody would agree in unison, even before this season, even before Mike McDaniel's arrival in Miami is that the guy was not a guy who turned over the football, right? He, he's an efficient guy. And you nailed it. Like there's guy, the, the quarterback has changed the bad snaps. The quarterback's going to catch a lot of flack, but I do think there's been some uncanny turnovers that we've seen from Tua. Um, you know, the throw sometimes, you know, I love this about Tua and it's a double sword. Sometimes he's just very confident where he can put the ball and, you know, you're going to have interceptions. I, I I'm with you though. I like, for me, at eight and three, leading the division by two and a half games, I should be a lot more happy. And yeah. instead, I'm like, come on, man. Like, we're better than this. And the thing that I, I think we see with this Dolphins team is the only team that can really beat us is ourselves. And I know yeah. that's a cliche old saying, 
But man, this team can True. go in there with a talent they have, the coaching they have. I, I mean, I don't care if it's Kansas City. I don't care if it's Baltimore. I, I don't really care where it is. I think this team can win. But they have to figure a way, even, even in those games that you know are against bad teams, to really start limiting these turnovers because they will hurt us. And you know, I, I think those big playoff games, they're lost on one turnover. You know what I mean? Like they're the games that you know you you're in Kansas City in the divisional round and you turn the ball over. Pat Mahomes is going to make you pay, and then you're going to be on the couch the next week being like, what it could have shoulda. And I think yeah. I don't want that to be the story of this Dolphin season is what it could have shoulda. If the team just outplays us and beats us and they're the better team on that day, that's one thing. But if you go into the playoffs and you beat yourself, man, that's something that just is a huge damper, even going into the next season. Yeah, that's the stuff that hurts, man. Um, and sticks with you and builds regret and such. So right. Um <clears throat> Let's get into it here. Let's start off with this um, before we get into let's start off with this whole Frank Smith thing, because Frank Smith, the whole Carolina job, his name was popped up. It was brought up to him. He got a little like, you know, he got like a little emotional. He got a little choked up when he was brought up and he said, you know, he's sticking, you know, sticking, you know, sticking his focus to this season, obviously, Um you know, and obviously Frank Smith is being looked at because of what's happened with Tua under Frank Smith and Mike McDaniel. And, you know, that's needed for Bryce Young right now over there in Carolina. He oh, needs yeah. a coach that believes in him. He needs a coach that's going to properly build around him and knows how to handle him. Here's what I've said. I've said this since the offseason. I mean, I can go back, find receipts. I've said it on Patreon. said it on uh, my channel, my, like the channel here. I've said it, at, like, I believe I've said it under the community tab. I have heard since this offseason that they have been planning for this. This has been something that they've known could be a possibility. And the way I'm led to believe it, the succession plan's already in place. It's Daryl Bevel. That's why Daryl Bevel yeah. stuck around. A lot of people were wondering why Daryl Bevel turned down offensive coordinator interviews last year. It's because, A, what you saw in Hard Knocks, he really does believe in this room and Mike McDaniel and this group. But B, it was pretty known that, hey, if we have a good season and we make a run, Frank Smith's probably going to get a job because people love plucking from the Shanahan tree and the extension of it. And Daryl Bevel has always been the succession plan. And I'll go even further. I've told people that I think the succession plan, if Bevel gets offered a job next year or the year after, it's Wes Welker. I think he's the third in line. I think it goes... Frank Smith, then it's Bevel, then it's Welker. That's what the succession plan of building this up to me looks like it's going to be. And I forecasted this for months and months now. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this whole situation? Because I th I've been telling since the offseason, I've been telling Dolphin fans, be prepared. We might lose Frank Smith, but be okay with it because we got Daryl Bevel in place and get, I think, more say and more power in this offense to Daryl Bevel could fix a lot of these situational issues we have right now. We're talking about a guy who's head coach worthy is the offensive coordinator that Brett Favre followed from Green Bay to Minnesota, their biggest rival, all right? He's the guy who Russell Wilson had his best years under and was an MVP under. Listen, if I love Frank Smith, I would wish Frank Smith nothing but the best. But I am more than okay with Frank Smith if he has to take a job in Carolina with what we have ready to come up. Yeah, look, I, I, there's going to be six to seven job openings at the end of this year. There's going to be a lot. of. I mean, there's the commanders have already said that river, Riverboat Ron's dead man walking there. 
New England. There's a lot of news that Bill Belichick is going to be on the outs there. He's going to be rumored for Carolina jobs, commanders jobs. The Raiders already fired McDaniels in season. And, you know, they might be, you know, looking for a new coach. Uh, Brandon Staley, I don't, you know, cats have nine lives. This guy has 25. I, I don't know how he makes it. Carolina's open. I think Chicago with the draft picks and the cap room, I think they're going to be a big Jim Harbaugh guy. I, I, I think they're going to go after Jim Harbaugh and keep an eye on Atlanta. Cause Arthur Smith got a running back at, you know, seven and got all the offensive weapons in, in the world. And that offense looks like crap. Right. And, and honestly, I'll say this, and I don't mean this to kind of discredit any of the coaches on our staff. We, we're a really good football team, whether we yeah. want to look for the, you know, that's the outside perspective. That's not Neil's perspective. That's what, you know, people of other teams say. Now, maybe they're not as high on the Dolphins as we are, but you know, they all say the Dolphins are a really good team, got great young talent. When you have that, you're going to lose coaches. You're going to lose them when there's six and seven openings a year. Mike McDaniel's obviously priority number one for me. Vic Fangio is number two. And then for me, honestly, the third the third guy that I wouldn't want to lose is Wes Welker. Um, I like Daryl Bevel. I like Frank Smith. They do a good job. I, I think we all know who the real offensive coordinator here in Miami is, at least the architect of the game plan. Yep. Like, I don't see the offense having a huge drop if we lose Frank Smith or Daryl Bevel. And we were lucky enough to bring everyone back this year from last year. I, I do think there's going to be some kind of attrition in this offseason. I, I think we're going to lose somebody to something, right? We're just too good of a football team for teams to have that many openings and not poach somebody off of our roster. And I don't think it's a panic mode. I think that's a kudos and an ultimate show of respect that, you know, Mike McDaniel has the ability to build a good staff. And if he's found them once, he'll be able to find them again. And if you're a young coach looking to carve out your name in this industry, wouldn't you want to work for a guy like Mike McDaniel? Like, right? Like, well, look at Wes Welker. He right? left the security of Kyle Shanahan and that guy with that record to follow McDaniel on this journey when he hadn't been a head coach for a game yet. Wes Welker really took a dive to follow Welker. That's why I see this succession plan in place. It's Bevel next. Welker's going to get promoted. He'll get another title added on, or he'll be fully promoted from, yeah. um, from wide receiver coach he'll be basically third in charge and then when bevel exits welker's going to be next up for the oc you can already see that's what i don't think welker is leaving mcdaniel and obviously bevel showed last offseason he turned down it was either two or three offensive coordinator interviews uh bevel turned them down didn't even entertain them jacksonville was one with trevor lawrence yeah like <laughs> because he knows the succession plans in place. It's I want to come up under this. It's going to look better on my resume. You know what I mean? Like he knows what they know where they know where it's at. They know what's going to look shiny on the resume. Right. But right. I like those are patient. They're not jumping and being like, Oh, you know, like Frank Smith probably could have jumped last off season, you know, on a move, whether it's parallel or something else, but no one's jumping. Everyone's like, let me play this out. Let, let's see this out like that's no one's jumping ship like that's why you know I, I, I what's the deal with Ronaldo Ronaldo Hill on the flip side because I don't think Fangio's leaving anytime soon I don't think Fangio has a desire to be a head coach I don't think you know I nah, think he's locked anymore. I think Fangio's locked in for at least that term of contract so you really think Ronaldo Hill's gonna wait around for five years I think he could I think he could because he could say, we can build this defense for five years and me as your second in charge, you leave in four or five years, I take over this amazing defense that we've rebuilt together because people seem to forget even with that defense, Neil, we haven't even built it in Fangio's image yet. 
it's right. really he, he just took on the personnel that we gave him. He didn't have any say in the draft, free agency. He wasn't there yet. I, and he's going to this year. He's going to yeah. have say this year. They're going to let yeah. him get some weapons on the defense because I think there's going to they're going to have to cut some people. We know that because of the cap and the biggest names are on the defensive side of the ball: Ogba and Jerome Baker. Um, I, I think this team's going to be on the linebacker market. Um, whether they keep Wilkins or not, that remains to be seen. Um, they're going to look for a bigger, you know, two down run stopping defensive tackle to clog in the middle of this defense. There's going to th there's going to be a shopping list that Vic Fangio has. And he might not be able to get everything on it, but he'll get a lot of it. And, and I think, you know, Daryl Bevel, man, like him turning down offensive coordinator interviews in the position he has in Miami is the ultimate show of respect of what we're building here. I really think it is. I mean, that to me is like you at your job saying, I don't want a promotion. I'm cool with my role because I like what I'm doing and the people I'm doing it with so yeah. much. That to me screams great culture, Miami. Kudos to Mike McDaniel. Like, I, I think it and will you turn all... down more money. Right. Like, it shows you money ain't like. A lot of yeah. guys won't turn down the money. The pay raise from a quarterback coach to an offensive coordinator is yeah. significant. Well, and, and and I would say my fourth coach that I don't want to lose, and I, you know, I didn't know much about this guy coming the year, Butch Berry, because Can't. the job he's oh. doing. No, what Butch, which Butch Berry is doing, man. I mean, I swear, like, I don't know how the Dolphins line is playing at the level they are. I don't really want to ask too many questions. I just want to kind of enjoy it. But like Butch Berry's done a really good job of doing it. I, this team has so many good coaches. They're so well constructed. I, like we'll be fine. I mean, we are going to lose people. I, I, it's going to happen. It's just it's destined to happen. If if not, wow, you know we have a four relief, four relief clover somewhere because, I mean, damn man, I like that. It, it, this is the best coaching staff we've had in what probably would you say? I mean, I. Man, he's better than Sperano's staff, and Sperano's staff had Dan Campbell, and I love that staff. Yeah, and Wanstead, man, like uh, he's, he's better than Wanstead's. Yeah, staff. I was gonna say it's, it's even better Shula. than Shula's staff because uh, that defensive coordinator that Shula wouldn't fire forever. Remember what was his name? Um, oh, uh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, what the hell, Rhino Sith or someone in, in the chat will pop his name up. That defensive coordinator that was trash, and Shula just wouldn't bet. Just wouldn't can him because they were buddies. Yeah. I what the hell his name is? It's slipping my. If you look at, uh, yeah, there you go, there you go, <laughs> Livadotti. Good right? pool. Uh, no, that's it. Orange spot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. No, no. Is it Olivia? No. Now you're. Now you guys are confusing. Me. I think it's orange. I think it's orange burger. If I'm correct. Yeah, it's orange burger. It's orange burger. It's orange. Okay. Burger. Yeah, I thought he's I thought the one where everyone was like, "This guy's the worst ever." La 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 la. You know, both were bad, but that was the one where he just wouldn't can them, bro. Right. Like, you yeah. know, they were both bad though. Tom Livadotti. I remember both of these guys. My dad would bitch about both of them. That's what I. Arns Barger was a no name D. Yeah, I'm talking about the one. The one might hold on. Let me look it up. I got to see a picture of the guy. You look it up, and, and I'll say why you say that. I think you're right. This is a while ago. I don't think Vic Fangio has any inclination to be a head coach. He's getting paid head coach money. He's got you know the life in South Florida. I, I think he's. I think he's in more of a good predicament. Yeah, it's all. It's all of a dotty. The guy from '87 to '95. That's exactly okay. what it is. It's Tom Oliver Dotty. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was Arnsberger, the guy from the is he yeah, from the no, 70s, he was back no in the defense? day. Yeah, he was a no-name no -name defense. defense. Yeah. Yeah, we, I wasn't around for that. It was the Tom Olivadotti guy. That's my dad we used to seethe over that guy. Yeah, I was I was negative 12 years old when uh 
that dude was Harnsberger <laughs> was in there. So, but um, no, man, I, I think that, you know, this coach's staff is, is honestly a well-oiled machine. And when you have a well-oiled machine, I, I like, you know, I, I'm here in Baltimore, you know, they've had a great defense pretty much for 20 years running. They lose a defensive coordinator, whether it's Rex Ryan, Wink Martindale, and it always seems like it's the next man up. And if you're learning from good coaches, you can become a good coach. So I think that the Dolphins, you know, the offensive system's great. Vic Fangio is the architect of the defense. As long as you have McDaniel and Fangio in those roles, and honestly, reason I think our next defensive coordinator could possibly be Robert Sala in a few years when, you know, he gets fired for the, from the Jets. I feel like he'll take an assistant role here in some capacity, and he might be part of the staff here. Say that again. Who? Sorry, Robert Salah. I think maybe. Oh, I, yeah. That's I, what. I think, I, that's what. That's what I wanted when we were. T- I when I broached the subject a couple weeks ago about him getting fired because I said we're going to put the nail in his coffin or whatever. I think he's going to go back to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'll tell you this: they're playing a dangerous game because if Aaron Rodgers does play this year and gets hurt then I think the coaches can get fired, right? Like, they're all going to get that grace period because of Aaron Rodgers' injury. But, man, Aaron Rodgers coming back is probably one of the stupidest things I've seen a franchise ever do. And for and for what? It's selfish. He's coming back just to right. say, hey, I can come back. It's not has nothing to do with, like, oh, you know, this is what's best for this team. This That team's a dumpster fire, poverty franchise. But, dude, uh, the question that everyone wants to know and – People are going to want our thoughts on this. That's for sure. Um, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz was waived today. Um, JJ Watt. Look at this guy breaking news out here. He's the one who broke it. I love and it. Um, Zach Ertz requested and has granted his release. Something else that's been added to this story since he got released. He gave up his game check this week. Wow. Okay. That he has been. That, yeah. That, that came out. He wants out now. I've been advocating that we need to draft a tight end or sign a tight end because, I mean, it's just hurting right now for us in terms of, listen, everyone, I hate this whole notion of, oh, you don't need a tight end in this system. You just need to block. You miss me with that dumb narrative. We all saw what a great blocker and great playmaking combo and George Kittle could do in this style of offense. Are you... I'm not miss me with that bull crap narrative. Okay. Cause based on the play right now, and I know he wasn't available. I know he wasn't available, but I wish we got a hold of my boy, Sam Laporta in that second round with what we've seen. Oh, oh my with, God. With yeah. How Fangio just won't even let Cam Smith or any rookie see the field, like just waste a year. But you know, this, if we could find, and Smythe is sufficient, but Smythe is like a number. He's like a borderline two, three guy on any normal team with a normal tight end corpse. Like he's a borderline two, three guy. He's not even a borderline two, one guy. And my whole thing is if you could add him for the remainder of this run. Now the rumors are heavy. This is about getting back to Philly. Yeah, I think that too, but I, I hear you. The thing is, he's got to go to a claim thing, though, right? And we have a higher claim priority than them. Um, the other What's team his re- money, though? Uh, well, so when these guys get released, a lot of the times, the guaranteed portion of their checks are paid. Like, I think, didn't we get Jason Pierre-Paul for less than $400,000 for the rest yeah, of the yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it would probably be a similar contract for Ertz. Oh, but if we claim him on waivers. Okay, yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm, I think he probably got paid a decent amount. 
But to your point, yeah, I like I'm with you 100% on this. I think the Dolphins' biggest area of need on the offensive side of the ball is a guy who can be a red zone target for them. Um, I, whether that – we need a better tight end. Our tight end room's the worst tight end room in football. Oh, two and a half million dollars worth of salary, FYI. Well, we, we're 3.7 million, so we could get them in. Um, I, I think we have the worst tight end room in football, and I like Durham Smythe. He's, he's a guy who does his job well, but, like, there's – I mean, what's he caught this year? Like, a handful of balls? Like, I, you know, I, like – I want a tight end that can be, you know, a receiving threat, a guy that can score some touchdowns. Like, uh, like I want a tight end for this offense more than anything. And in fact, if I could have any player in the 2024 draft and they said, Neil, you can take any guy in this draft and put him on the Dolphins, my choice would be Brock Bowers. So I'm with you 100%, man. I, I think they need a tight end. If I'm Miami, man, like knowing that he would probably go to the Eagles or Ravens, I know they're two of the favorite teams to and get Denver. Him. Denver's one you got to look out quietly, right? He has he has 27 catches. That's more than every Denver tight end combined right now. Yeah, I mean, and look, and Ertz played. I know he's been hurt, but when he's been on the field, he's still a really good tight end. I I, I would be. Would all you block over. him from Philly? Like block him from going to what you yeah. said? The Ravens, Mark Andrews, right? They're looking yeah. down. Now, do you really think they'd claim him with Isaiah Likely? I I do because of this. The Ravens love veterans, and they love them for their stretch. That's how their whole – you remember their whole 2000 yeah, Super Bowl yeah. run was Shannon Starr, Brian yeah, yeah, Woodson. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they do that, and honestly, they're winning football games. Their defense is good. Their offense – I know Zay Flowers has looked good. You could tell in that game against the Chargers, they missed Mark Andrews drastically. I And, and I think Isaiah Likely is a really good athlete. He's a good catcher of the pass. I think from the football IQ, he struggles. He's always lining up in the wrong spot. Not. I just think a guy like Zach Ertz fits what they look to do, and they're another team. Like when you're at this point of the season, how many? Like go look at the waiver wire. Look at the tight ends that are on there. You know they're yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Or, they're none not of them are the caliber of yeah exactly. of a Zach Ertz. I, I mean, I think that would be a home run signing for the Dolphins to be honest, just because I think he's gives so much more. Like in Baltimore, like you said, Isaiah likely. You know, he's probably splitting time there in Philadelphia. You know, he's probably splitting time there. If he comes to Miami, I mean, sure, Durham Smythe's going to keep his role as the blocking guy, but I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Zach Ertz to catch some passes. Yeah, he already has 27 catches for 187 yards as well as a touchdown. Um, he's played what he played. So he's played seven games, I believe, so far. Well, as no name Finns points out, Smythe, He's got 18 receptions for 178, no touchdown. And we saw him drop that pass cool. for the first down last game. Smythe, you know, it was a little out of ahead of him, but it hit him in the hands and he dropped it. And let's be honest, Julian Hill, I think, is a couple years away here. I don't think, you He's know, a depth guy, man. He's yeah. a good depth player. I like, I like, yeah. I, I like, it's good to find, like, I think every undrafted free agent we find, like, you know, because we see the success of a, of a Cater Kohu, for example, right? Cater Kohu steps in. He's one of the better nickel corners of football. The final drafted guys that you can do that on your roster with, it's really challenging to do. Julian Hill, you know, he's a great number three. If you tell me next season Durham Slice the two and Julian Hill's the three and we get a guy who's an upgrade, I'm like, okay, that's a good tight end room. But right now, you know, I, yeah. I, I'll say this. When you play the Miami Dolphins, you know that the ball's Tyreek. You got Waddle. You know they have depth. Receivers. And the draft ain't as strong at tight. Well, it's it's, awful. There's a, there are a couple guys I like. 
but it's not as strong as it was last year. Yeah, I mean, Bowers is a top 10 pick. Jadavion... And I, I would, I, dude, I would do unholy things for oh, yeah. Brock Bowers, and there's just no way we're getting him. No, no, right? no, no chance. There's Jatavian Sanders from Texas. He, he's decent. He's, he's a mid second round guy. I mean, I wouldn't be upset if we got him in the second round, but after that, I mean, there's the one guy who I like who's like a fourth round type of guy is Cade Stover from Ohio State. Yeah, I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Um, ben Sinnott is a guy that gets a lot of love. Jaheim Bell from Florida State. Bryson Nesbitt, Luke Lackley. Nesbitt. Yeah, there's Jaheim a lot Bell. of guys that are in like that fourth rounder, but honestly, it's the position in the NFL that leaves the most to be desired right now. You know, with, with Andrews being down. And Kittle, you know, oh, could... just draft Luke Luke Lack. Just do draft Luke Iowa. Lackey. Yeah, Iowa tight ends are always that sh- are always work out. So just draft Luke Lackey, L- Luke Lackey, in like I don't know the fourth or fifth round, and and roll with it. I mean, the guy's like six five. He's built well. Iowa tight ends always work out. I mean, that's what I do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I and I'm with you. That's like on my top list tight end is going to be on the top of that linebacker yeah. and tight end are the two positions. Yeah. And, and depending and, on what happens with Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis and the offensive and line. our offensive line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. You know, and, and I think there's there. You know, it, it, we'll get there. It, it, there'll be time. We'll talk about the off season. Let's, let's win a damn playoff game. That's first. the thing. Let's, eh? It's, it's one of the few, you know, the weird thing about these last two years is we talk draft, but we don't talk it as heavily as we did before because the expectations are so much higher than they were even when Flores was here. You know, we don't expect to draft, and it's just there's so much, you know, things to talk about that come with those expectations, i.e., potentially becoming nine and three, being eight and three, the offense, you know. So, I mean, well, but and, and we have no idea where the Dolphins are going to be from a like they have so much flexibility in their cap. They have, you know, four starters on the offensive line. Is Teron Armstead going to come back? If you sign Tua to an extension, that alleviates 20 minutes. Like, there's so many dominoes that have to fall before you can really evaluate what the Dolphins are going to do yeah. or what they're going to need. That, like, right now, it's all premature. You can talk about players you like. And- Buddy, JFam, go watch Brock Bowers and come back to me and tell me you wouldn't do unholy things to see that in this offense. Brock Bowers, I'm going to tell you this right now. Brock Bowers already might be the best tight end a couple years after he's drafted in the NFL. In our offense, Brock Bowers would get a fucking gold jacket. Yeah, I'm not even just saying that. Like, he would. Since 2005, he's my number one rated tight end that I've ever put on a draft. He's ridiculous. Right. He's unbelievable, man. Yeah, I agree. He's he's an amazing player. Um, But, yeah. And, 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 and God, you know, on a side tangent, what a mess this transfer portal is, man. Like, you don't even know who's entering the draft anymore. Did you see how many of the quarterbacks are transferring? Tyler Van Dyke, Canes fans. Remember a couple years ago, Canes fans were trying to tell me Tyler Van Dyke was going to be the best quarterback in fucking NCAA. Did you see the name that went out last night who's transferring? Riley Leonard from Duke. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Already? Uh, DJ from Oregon State's transferring again. A DJ, what I don't, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. The guy who was a DJU, DJU, yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's transferring again. Um, man, it, it it's crazy. I mean, there's Will Rogers from Mississippi State, Will Howard wow. from Kansas State, all of these quarterbacks. KJ Jefferson from Why is Arkansas. It, DJU is he is he in Oregon right now? Yeah, he is. But here's what's here's what's weird. And I, if it honestly, made Bo Nix look good, why would you leave? That'll make you look. No, Bo he's at, he's at, he's at Oregon State. Oregon State. State. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, and that's where I got to read this because. There's the eligibility thing changes drastically with this transfer portal thing, right? So like I have no idea. Like some of these, like there's a guy Frank Harris who's at UT UTSA and he's returning for his eighth year of college. 
like I, I just don't understand the 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 uh, eligibility thing. But the transfer portal makes it so hard because, you know, you make a draft board. You know, I always have my tabs like players returning to college. Now yeah. you got to have one for transfer portal. And when they're in the transfer portal, they still have the ability to opt out and enter the draft, right? So you can't remove them from your draft board yet. I, it's crazy, man. And Carson Beck, who's the quarterback from Georgia, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. The, the, he's getting a seven-figure deal with Georgia to stay back in school. So now you're going to be able to see schools. Nil, is it a nil deal? Yeah, you're going to see schools be able to pay these guys to return. Yeah, it's it's a seven. I thought, I thought the nil had to be like a total separate entity that I didn't know colleges could pay you directly. Now I think so, man, and that's where I I gotta learn more about it. Like I know a lot about the wow, that's yeah. gonna change the landscape of but that's everything. The thing. Well, here's the thing. So Cam Ward's the quarterback from Washington State. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. said that he has seven offers that are seven figure offers from colleges. So like Oregon, Florida State, LSU, right? Like if you're What's Caleb Williams going to have to stay back for another year. Well, they, I didn't know this, but they paid him $4 million in incentives to stay this year. So like, the I money, thought the whole nil thing, I, I must've not read the fine print. I, I thought the whole nil it. was okay. Let's say you're the athlete. Okay. All right. Let's say the chat to the college. No. All right. Let's say I'm AT&T. I thought the chat couldn't give you money. I'm the one that gives you money. AT&T, yeah. the entity, the sponsor has to give you the money. I didn't know that colleges can now pay you. That changes the whole dynamic of this thing. Yeah, I'm trying to find out the article I saw on Carson Beck because I, I was reading it and I'm like, oh, like I, I I don't I'll be honest, I don't understand it. It's too many moving parts. I really would love if But I, I know love- you could I know this with all the boosters, like let's say we're at LSU and we're boosters, right? And let's say me and you own a company, right? Or we're top of the company, we could get them a nil deal. Through that company, right? If we're booster, you know what I'm saying, like, and that'll make them stay anyway. So you could backdoor it, even if you can't. Oh man, if you're one of these rich dudes that went to school, so I, I mean, there's so much opportunity. I like, I'll find the article, but like, camera here it is. God says colleges can't, but fans can create an organization to create a nil to keep players at FSU. We got the battle's end. There you go. So like, I, I guess it's not directly from the school, but through affiliation. There you go. School. It's technically not from the college. It's from the boosters. The boosters are the ones paying right. it. Well, look, dude, if you owned a company and you were worth $400 million, right? And Stop, share Bear. Stop now. Well, if you, you know, if you were worth $400 million and you, you know, you went to LSU and you want LSU to have a good quarterback, like, man, you know, and I, I undersold Cameron. He has 10 NLI deals for a million dollars plus. And that that's crazy for Cam Ward. But what you're seeing, like Washington State's a good football program. Yeah, 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 they are. So, where, so where's he going to, like, it, it only can go up, right? So, like, the, like, I actually think this will shape the competitive balance a little bit in the college atmosphere. And sure, where, no one bought the boosters. The boosters can now just openly what the, do what they've been doing behind the scenes. Right, they, right. They were the ones been giving the players money for years, and now they can just flaunt it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, man. there's a hundred movies about it, man. Every yeah, movie yeah. you see, I mean, and that's a real-life scenario. But, you know, Ricky Rudd got the bag of money, you know, dropped off at his doorstep in uh, Blue Chips, right? But now it's legal for those entities to do it. And there's a lot of wealthy people that support these schools, yeah. man. Like you're going to see the Michigans, the Georgias, oh. the Alabamas. They're going to get whoever. How are you going to compete? How are you going to yeah. compete? 
They're going to get you whoever you want. As a Maryland fan, we can't. <laughs> you know? We can't. Texas A&M about to start knocking on Richmond Webb's door for some of that NFL money so they can use to keep their players. Oh, that's a... Well, I'll be honest, man. I actually think it's... I, I Like, I think college athletes should be rewarded in some capacity. I, I do, too. But I do think it's a dangerous slope because now the college game is becoming more of a business than a game as well. You know, they're they bringing back the video game NCAA football. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, me either. And all the players get paid now for oh. their likeness and stuff like that. When you should have just said, and let your community do their creations, they upload the roster. You know, the community does the rosters anyways. Why the hell do you even got to Oh, man, when I, when I was in college, dude, I would have the real rosters from Operation Sports upload them into Madden for the draft, right? I would get Matt Oh, yeah. Liner. I got yeah, Matt yeah, Leinart yeah. as the Dolphins quarterback one year, and Reggie Bush is my running back. Like, I, you know. Dude, it, it remember was, when you used to be able to play NCAA? And then import your creative character from NCAA after you finish your college career into Madden. You remember oh, yeah. that? It, yeah, it, NCAA football is my number one all time. Yeah, it game. is. It was the best besides, one besides Grand Theft Auto, but I'll leave that one to the side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait for that. That new one looks ridiculous. Yeah, I, me as well. Yo, did you see that? I don't know, but like about a year ago, I sent it to EM. The, the a video leaked from Grand Theft Auto of inside a restaurant. I don't know if you saw that video. No. But like you can even like I'll show you when we're done here and like it looks incredible. Like it looks it was it was probably about 8 or 9 months ago. It leaked onto YouTube. Someone had taken a portion out. The police were coming and everything like that. Like it was it was ridiculous. But it was like in the stages where like you know when characters are walking around but they still have like the 3D lines through them and stuff yeah. like that stuff was still in the game but it was clean like it looked ridiculous oh anyway. man going to going yeah. to fight in the gangs and stuff like that man oh, back I, in the day oh, there's man. nothing better than You know what's man. funny the one Grand Theft Auto I never played everyone tells me I missed out the one I never played just because on it I don't know I guess just my where city? I was in my life no I never played San Andreas oh that was awesome and that was the one everyone tells me is like the best one. The, the, that was the gang one, right? Oh and man, you go. I never, I, I don't know where it was in life at that point, but I just never played it. So anyway. Yeah. See, the problem that I run to in my house is that my my son's seven. He asks about the game. He, you know, he's got a couple friends that are allowed to do whatever they want at home. You yeah. know, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty loose parent, too, but like my wife will not allow him to play Grand Theft Auto, and I don't blame her. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But he'll he'll kind of, he called me playing it one time. He's like, "Daddy, what are you doing? You're just running people over." And I'm like, "No, buddy, I'm not. I, I, I was just messing with them. They're okay." And then I had, you know, he keeps keep barging in every time I play at the game. So I got to find a way to to get to play it. But no, more. The worst one was my, when my niece was young. When my niece was young is when uh, the first two Modern Warfares came out. And I was really heavy into the first two Modern Warfares for 360. And I remember she'd come down into the basement and, you know, when my, my sister would have her over and stuff like that. And she'd walk down and she'd be like, uncle, uncle, you know, uncle, what are you playing? And I'm sitting there blowing people's like heads off, <laughs> like headshots. And, you know, it was just, I remember even my girlfriend at the time being like, okay, Nikki, let's go upstairs. Like, you can't watch this. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Well, I used to throw down and get UFC pay-per-views and get have everyone over, get yeah, pizza, yeah. wigs, beers. And for, for one year, my mom got me this game. It was called Red Dead Redemption. Right? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. So I, I and I had never really played it, so I had it. And then my buddy who who was in the military was over at my house watching it. And he, you know, you I have a I literally have a room in my house which I call my dolphins room. It's got all my memorabilia, and you cut through it to go to the downstairs bathroom. And he comes at and he comes out after he goes to the bathroom, he's like dude, what game is your son playing? I'm like, 
I don't know. What did he play in? Uh, cars? He's like, no. And I go in there, and he's got a knife, and he's just slaughtering a horse in Red Dead Redemption. And, <laughs> and, and I and I saw, like my, like, my wife's face was, like, priceless. Like, what the <laughs> hell did your mom get you? And I then I, I'll tell you what. I ended up playing that game, man. That was an awesome game. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. The second one was really good too. I yeah. just finished, I just finished Spider Man too. That was really good too. Oh, cool. <clears throat> but my my daughter plays Spider Man with me. She loves Hogwarts. That Hogwarts Legacy game. I played that hardcore. That game was amazing. I don't know if you're into Harry Potter and stuff. I, that, I, that Hogwarts game was unfreak because it's open world. So yeah, unbelievable. You don't even have to be a Harry Potter fan. Like I'm a casual Harry Potter fan. My daughter and my my daughters and my it's all my it's on my list to watch. Yeah. I, I saw the first one. I've never seen any of the follow ups, dude. The I, first I, one. You know how many times I tried to get through that one? I had I uh, I told my wife just the other day. I said, you know, consider yourself lucky. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, you know how many girls tried to make me watch that first Harry Potter and I could never <laughs> get through it. You're yeah. the only one I sat through and I watched it for. And they actually get better as they go on because they get darker because the kids get older. So like for example, my nieces. Um, my sister-in-law wouldn't let them watch beyond the second Harry, huh. second or third Harry Potter until they were older because they do get darker. People start dying, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. That, I'm right around the corner from movie season because after football ends, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I watch so much football, whether it's college or NFL yeah, yeah, yeah. or breaking yeah, down yeah. college prospects. Once football <clears throat> season's over, like that's when I get into my movie mode. Mm-hmm. So, but no, man, I, yeah, those games are great, man um getting back to the dolphins here over 380 of you in the in the in the chat smash that like button subscribe for new denisha's a hard diehard potter fan well then enjoy they're actually turning the movies into an hbo series oh yeah wow yeah yeah yeah. that's cool so they can because in the movies they missed out my wife i've never read the books but my wife tells me they missed out a whole bunch of details in the movies so i guess they're doing it a a series now so they can do all the details and stuff yeah i i read hop on pop in first grade i don't think i've ever really read a book since then so (laughs) (laughs) but i I know a lot of people that love the books and say oh yeah yeah, yeah. movies and stuff yeah i just like as thick as a bible too it's ridiculous that's why i'd be intimidated by even starting because i know i'm not finishing um all right so the miami one thing i want to talk about um before we get into the commanders thing here commanders and stuff here the dolphins um they have two more games that could be flexed um you know in more appealing time slots and to large audience december 31st at the ravens is a candidate to get flexed and that home finale against buffalo is a candidate to get flexed news came down the pipeline today the december 24th Cowboys at Dolphins game will remain on Fox at 425. It is not even eligible to be flexed. Apparently Fox went all in on making sure that that did not move at all. Um, Doesn't surprise me. They, you know, that, that does that because that's a hell of a game. Would you want to give that up if you're Fox? You know, like I wouldn't want to yeah, give that up. I know it just sucks for me. Cause that's when my family has our Christmas Eve dinner and our, uh, Secret Santa and everything. So my wife is contemplating to move everything to Christmas Day now. Yeah. So it just it just sucks for that. It's just a terrible time, like uh, in the day for that time. And it's all because it's in Miami. It's not in Dallas. It's all because of the Dallas time zone. They're fans, right? Like right. that's why we're getting that afternoon. If that was two AFC teams, that game would be at one o'clock because it's in Miami. But it's at four twenty-five in Miami because we're trying to appease Fox and dallas fans basically right so yeah that's uh i'm not yeah, too happy I, about that don't you 
think for the most part, most of the primetime games this year have kind of been shit. Like, like, t- like tonight's a decent game, Cowboys Seahawks. I I might watch it, right? But a lot of the Thursday night football, man, I I've I haven't watched it this year. Like, y- there's just been some bad games, man. I like I like I I don't know how to fix the schedule thing, but like having the Patriots on three primetime games are coming, and luckily they got removed from this the one. But like, it's just tough. Like, it's it's almost like to me that like they should kind of create the schedule for the primetime games up until halfway point of the season and then pivot the rest of the games with, you know, with some notice. Cause I like the dolphins have a hell of a schedule coming up. And I do think that Ravens dolphins game gets flexed on you. Well, it's going to get flexed till either the four twenty-five or eight o'clock. And the only thing that they're saying that could like compete with it in that flex spot is Pittsburgh and Seattle, because yeah. that, that game was actually going to be, I believe, Cincinnati and Kansas City, but now Burrow's out, right? Right, right, right. Like that's and that's it. You can't plan on injury, but does anyone care about watching the Bengals without Joe Burrow? Does anyone want to see Jake Brown? And I can tell you, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and then the thing that sucks with that is my wife leaves the next day with her sister. They're going. They do a yearly like uh, sisters trip, so they're going for four days to Disney. So like now what? Now I'm gonna miss New Year's Eve because I'm gonna miss Christmas Eve dinner with the family. Now I'm gonna miss New Year's Eve because it, like flex it to four. I don't even want them to flex it to four twenty five because what we do on New Year's Eve is we take uh, my daughters to that we have a restaurant near us. It's 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 nice. It's like kind of high end. But what they'll do is because they know a lot of kids aren't gonna be up at midnight. If you come for like five the five o'clock dinner and the six o'clock dinner they'll do new year celebrations for the kids where they drop balloons and stuff oh, like that cool. so kids can have a new year celebration without staying up till 12 a.m right 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 well i'm gonna miss that now because they're gonna flex the ravens game like oh. my god like holy Dude, I, i've told you know? people the story and i'm not joking the biggest fight i've ever been in, in with my mother in my whole life is when i miss my grandmother's wake because I watched the Dolphins lose the Monday Night Miracle, man. Like that, to this day, that is like, it's, you know, it's been a lot of years and it doesn't go away. But, you know, I, I, I always had the upfront contract. Whenever I, when I met my wife on our first date, I told her, I'm like, look, if this goes anywhere, a football Sunday if the Dolphins are playing, I don't care what it is. I'm not missing. I, I don't miss Dolphin games. And, and, you know, we all say that, man, but, you know, with your family and stuff, it's hard, right? Like it hard. They yeah, yeah. bad predicaments, man. And it, you know, like when the Dolphins lost to the Packers last year, that practically ruined the holidays at the Driscoll household. Like I was miserable. <laughs> I broke a remote. I was cussing, throwing bottles. Like you know, it was bad, man. Like I, like I, you know, it's the yeah. do- it's tough, man. Being a Dolphins fan and being a committed Dolphins fan is tough. And then you, you have it even harder because you have to pop up and do all your shows afterwards and stuff like that. It's hard. Well, I'm going to tell you this right now, near Christmas Eve, there ain't no post game show. Once that game is done, I'm going to spend time with right. my wife and my family. I ain't running another hour post game show <laughs> on Christmas Eve at like seven 30 at night, eight o'clock not happening, man. Um, the same thing will be with uh, New Year's Eve probably. Right. Um, and before we get into commanders, just an update. Cause I had the story yesterday on the show. Tyreek Hill did say he's paying the salary of cameraman who was suspended cool. by the league for the season for partaking in the cell phone photo of Tyreek's backflip after a touchdown. And obviously they have a good prior relationship where if you watch the video from him, from the cameraman himself, you would have seen that. So there's an update for all of you. I said yesterday Tyreek Hill was the best chance at him even getting reinstated because Tyreek Hill is one of the best NFL players right now. He obviously has the most ins to the league 
right now. I'm sure he get Roger Goodell on the phone tomorrow. You know what I mean? So that's that's the best outlook. I think it's was it just a ridiculous situation, but I well, wanted to update. What's wrong with the NFL? What's wrong with them? I mean, like, well, no, here's the thing. Money, money, money. No, here's the thing that really doesn't sit well with me. If you watch that video, did you see when he was jumping and running? Did you see when he's like jumping and running away after the celebration? Yeah, the yeah, cameraman? yeah, yeah. So what he did was he actually ran into the locker room and he sent the NFL that video so they could post it. NFL UK posted it. Then after two minutes, the NFL made NFL UK take that down. And then all this stuff has happened since then. But NFL UK originally reposted his video. Wow, that's crazy, man. I, that's unfortunate. I, I hope it gets worked out for the guy, man. I, I mean, that is unbelievable. Like, I, I, I have to imagine somehow this guy will end out on the other end okay. Well, you I know mean, what I, people brought up in my chat, Neil? Are those people getting reprimanded who put all the turkey legs in that big bowl for the Cowboys celebration? Right. Because this guy admitted, and Tyreek admitted, he had no idea that was going down. Those people actually actively partook in a celebration for a player with those turkey legs in that bowl at the Dallas game. So what's I, happening there? The NFL is run by hypocrites, man. Anybody that tries to make money off of their product, they try to, to knock down when all they try to do is make money off their product. It's such yeah. a, it's such a, I, it, it's frustrating to see because I think, you know, why do you want to take the fun out of that? That was really a cool play, right? Tyreek does a backflip with the guy's camera. I've seen that on, you know, like, I, like that's cool. That's like, for me as a Dolphins fan, that's one of the things I and remember. the NFL would have got a viral moment out of it. What are they doing? Right. Instead, now they have this this press around them reprimanding a kid. Uh, you know, and, and Tyreek's covering his salary for one year, but, like, I hope it doesn't go beyond that for this kid because he's trying to make money, man. And yeah. who knows, man? I and Here in America, man, inflation's nuts and – they just try to take tax more and more of your money, man. It's it's nuts. That's horrible. I feel bad for the guy. Uh, finally here, your thoughts on the commanders and your score prediction. No, I, I think we're going to win. I think we'll be 9-3. I'm with you, though. I, I don't think this is – I've seen people think this is like a, 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 you know, we go in there and beat them by 30 points. I, I think we put up 34 points and win this game like 34-24. to 24. I, If I had to pick a score, I think that's a score. Um Terry McLaurin, I, I, he's one of the players I respect most in this league. Um, the Commanders, like, I, I don't care what their record says. They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Eagles twice. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, it wasn't a, a one-time thing. They showed that they could hang with the best team in football. I, I think they're a good team. They're at home. I, I will say it's supposed to be 54 degrees because I'll be there for the game. Uh, so it's supposed to be 54 degrees. So it won't be freezing or anything like that, which is good. Um, it's, it is the worst stadium in the NFL. Um, it's going to be, you know, the Dolphins will be there. Now, the one thing I will say about Sam Howe is he does throw the, turn the ball over. He, he's 13 picks. He's a gunslinger. He puts the ball out there. I, um, if I had to make a prediction on a stat, I think X is going to get his hands on a ball this week. Um, I think he gets a pick. Uh, I think Tua does have a 300 yard game and two touchdown passes. Um, uh, so 34, yep. 34, 24 is what I'll go with. Finns go to nine and three, three games up on Buffalo. And then I, then I will be at the following game as well. Um, the Monday nighter, I'm, I just booked everything. I'm taking my, my kid down and we're going to the Monday nighter against the Titans. Yeah. And that's a game I can't wait. You know, I get to see two guys that's real high on back to back against his defense, Sam Howell. And then I get to see Will Levis in back to back weeks against this team, man. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if you saw that story today, but 
uh, that whole that Raiders thing is getting ugly. Ziegler wanted to take CJ, wanted them to get uh, by all costs CJ Stroud, and that whole situation. McDaniel's was hell bent on Jimmy G. Oh my God, C- we're never Stroud getting is- another job again, Josh. <laughs> CJ Stroud is the real awesome. deal. What he you're seeing awesome. right now, what are you seeing right now? Didn't they bring over the San Francisco 49ers quarterback coach and make him the uh it's the quarterback who's the passing coordinator or something, and they made him the uh offensive coordinator in Houston. You are seeing what Tua would have looked like if he would have been in McDaniel's offense from year one. In an offshoot of this McDaniel Shanahan offense, that's what Tua would have had in year one. We would have seen Arizona Tua more consistently. We would have seen that Tua much more early on in that first year. And you are seeing good coaching and a good environment. And CJ Stroud is flourishing and he's just going to get better as the years progress. And D'Amico Ryans is going to build something special in Houston. And yeah. God bless them because they deserve it over there. Haven't they become one of your favorite teams to watch that's not the Dolphins? Yeah. I, I like I just I think like I like Tank Dell a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tank yeah. Dell is a good receiver who yeah, looks really piece. good. Even I, Nico I mean, Collins is looking good. Look at Devin Singletary. You know right. the Bills gave up on him, and look at what happens when you feature him the way Houston's featuring him with running the football. Right now, I, I think C.J. Stroud's the real deal, and I think yeah. it's awesome to see, man. I, and, I, like, and, I just, and Bryce has the chance to be the real deal, but he needs what C.J. has, what Tua has. He needs better personnel from the coaching to on field around him. That's all. No, but nobody's good enough in this professional game to do it on themselves. Like that, that's the thing that you, we saw that with Tua with the Jacksonville saw that with Trevor, like you need to give young players for real, an atmosphere that breeds success, good talent, good coaching, good line. Like there's nobody, I I don't care. Like you're not going to see a generational prospect come in here and just t- say, I'm so good that I can go out and beat everyone. The NFL will humble everybody yeah. out there, man. And that's the thing about it. Like Carolina's team-building approach was atrocious. I-, I love Brian Burns. I think he's one of the best young pass rushers in this game. If I was Carolina— Should have never traded DJ Moore knowing you were about to draft a young yeah, quarterback. I, well, that that's first and foremost. But I, I at the deadline, knowing my season was over, I would have traded Brian yeah, Burns yeah. for draft picks— or a young receiver and a draft pick, I would have done whatever it took to get Bryce Young right because you've wasted one year of Bryce Young's contract. You've That's wasted true. him. Yep. So, but now, all right, guys, I'm going to be back tomorrow. It might be a day show depending on what's happening, but if it's a day show, expect me around one or two o'clock. If it's normal, five o'clock, but I'm going to be back tomorrow, preview this game this weekend. Fins up, smash the like button on the way out. Have a fantastic Thursday. Enjoy football. See you on the next one.